Hello, on this August 7th, 2020, for another segment of uh, It May Be a Good Time to Listen. This segment is called 11 Elements to Successful Prayer. I'm do something a little different today. 11 Elements to Successful Prayer. Now, I'm not trying to be an expert or anything here. I'm just saying this all this came to me a while ago, beginning of the year, and this will help all of us for successful prayer. So listen, believe you. These are definitely times in a born again person's life where prayer has to be top and automatic. There's no getting around it. But while it's better enough, many are not praying. It's even worse if people's prayers are hindered from a successful outcome. So we like to discuss loving elements needed for successful prayer. Am I saying that these are it? Of course not. As a matter of fact, I started out with only nine. One more came to me later, and number 11 came to me while I was telling my pastor about the other 10. This all happened at the time in the beginning of the year. Now this is just more of a guide where we can compare the word to see if our prayers deserve to be heard and answered by a sovereign God. <clears throat> Not saying that he doesn't want to answer our prayers because he does. But no one wants their prayers to be hindered in any way. Like in the book of Daniel where his prayer was hindered by one of Satan's angels in that atmosphere. A great story. It's in uh, Daniel chapter 10, verses 7 to 14. Once again, I don't claim in any way to be an expert of any kind. Especially not in prayer. But when I got more and more involved in prayer night service as a moderator more and more scriptures came to me about prayer. So here we go. If there's anything saying serious fun, let's have serious type fun with this. But at the same time, remember, it is serious. <clears throat> the first one, first element I have is persistence. You want your prayers to go through, you gotta be persistent. You can't give up after one time. Now here's two examples from the Bible. First one is St. Luke chapter 11, verses 5, 13 from the NLT. <clears throat> then, just about Jesus, then teaching them more about prayer, teaching who? Teaching his apostles. Jesus used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. It's kind of late to be on somebody's house. Anyway, <laughs> suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, Jesus says, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. 
See, so keep praying no matter what. Here's another example, also from St. Luke. This time, chapter 18, verses 1 to 8 from the NLT. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. He says, There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is worrying me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him night and day? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Now that last line could lead you to a whole other discussion. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? So in other words, in short, who's going to be trusting him by faith? By the time he comes back. You see people around to technology and everything else. They ain't think about faith. They think about how God gets them as quick as quick as I can. But nevertheless, we talk about persistence there. Now, the next element is humble yourselves. This is from Second Chronicles, verses uh, chapter seven, verses thirteen and fourteen from the NLT. Second Chronicles, chapter seven. Verses 13 and 14 for the NLT. As, as God speaking, at times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls, or command grasshoppers to devour your crops, or send plagues among you. Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. Don't forgive their sins and restore their land. Here's another one for humble yourselves. James chapter 4, verses 6 to 8a. For now, too. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Hmm. So, so far we have persistence, and we have humble yourself. Now, if you don't go any further than that, chances are your prayers are not going to get answered. If you don't humble yourself, and if you're not persistent, keep an at it. You know, there's a thing years ago people used to say, well, you know, when you pray to God, just just say it once and leave it at the altar. That's not Bible. Also, the Bible tells us to be persistent. He doesn't care how many times you ask him. 
The key is being persistent. Keep going after what you want. Ask and shall be given to you, right? Seek you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So you can't do that by leaving it once and walking away from it. Now, you don't leave it, you don't pray, and then pick it up again. That's wrong. And try to fix it yourself. That's the wrong part of it. But don't think it's only when I pray, I should only have to do it one time. No, that's not that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible teaches. Now, yes, you don't put it, you don't pray, and then pick the problem back up and try and fix it yourself. That's wrong. But as far as you're just praying one time and forgetting about it, no, he wants you to be persistent. All right, here's the third element for successful prayer. And this is pray. Now, this, of course, is the obvious one. But a prayer life is needed in the first place in order to have successful prayer. So we got 2 Chronicles 7.14 again. If my people will cope on my name, will humble themselves and pray. So pray, praying is very important. And also in praying is, is, uh, is this two, two more examples. Yeah, two more examples. First, Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. And also chapter 2, verse 8. Like I said, 1. That's from the NLT. <clears throat> Paul tells Timothy, the young pastor, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Excuse me. Pray this way for kings and all in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. You see, he said, pray this way for kings and all in authority. In our case, pray for your president, pray for your governors, pray for your mayors, pray for your <clears throat> people in authority, your police chiefs, and everything. Pray for them. Don't be angry and want to take them down, take them out. We know politicians lie. We know that we will pray for them anyway. We know that uh, a small percentage of the police is crooked. We know that. But still, pray for them. Why? So that we can live peaceful and quiet lives. Not like what's going on in Portland, Oregon right now. But so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives. Marked by godliness and dignity. Godliness and dignity. Not rioting and wantedness. And acting all crazy. And doing all kinds of stuff and being all with it and tearing down things we know nothing about and burning people's businesses down who worked their whole life to put it up. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Alright, here's another one. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 from the NLT. This is the husbands. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker physically than you than you are, but she's an equal partner in God's gift of new life. 
Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. See, a lot of times women get all upset when they hear this. Oh, the wicked vessel, huh? I know, I know more than him. It's not talking about men- mentally or, or emotionally or anything like that. It's talking about physically. Physically, you're not built like him. He can probably lift more pounds than you can. Now, can you probably take more pain than he can? Yeah, because you have babies. But most of the time, when it comes to listening to heavy stuff and moving stuff and doing yard work, who's going to do it? He is. He's physically built for that. God made him to do that. If we just did our own jobs that we're supposed to do, it would be a lot easier. Instead of men trying to be soft and women trying to be hard. God didn't make us like that. He made us the way we are for a reason. So, husband, treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. All right, so don't, don't get upset about weaker vessels and all that stuff that you heard for years. It's just talking about, you know, physically. You're physically diff- different. We, God wouldn't have put a woman down here for a man if he didn't need help. All right, let's go on to the next element. Seek my face. <clears throat> That's also Second Chronicles of 14. If my people will call by our name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face. That's the next one. So also for seek my face, we got First Chronicles 16 and 11 with NLT. It says, search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. That's right. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. So it's very important to seek the Lord. Even way back in First Chronicles, it's telling you to seek the Lord continually. We need, we need to seek the Lord's face. We're not going to actually see his face because nobody can see God and live. But at least go after him with all that's within you to search for him. He like he loved that. <clears throat> And also Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13 from the NIV. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So you can couple that together with 1 Chronicles 16 11. And say, yeah, seek, for, seek God continually. But at the same time, you're not going to find him. So you seek him with all your heart. And he said, you will find me. He said, you will seek me and find me. So it's guaranteed you're going to find them if you seek them. But it has to be with all your heart. So if we review these elements, we got persistence, humble yourself, pray, seek his face. I don't think I skipped one yet. Next element, turn from your wicked ways. Now, modern culture's definition is more sinister towards this word than the ancient Hebrew was. Like if you but it had some of the synonym for wicked, there was that oh, you know, evil, murderous, and uh it, they took it way to the extreme. Like in order to be wicked, you had to be this totally different kind of person. That was just so bad and so ridiculously evil. In ancient times, it apparently didn't take much to have wicked ways. 
Disobedience to God in any form was considered wicked and a despisement of his commandments. As much as David loved God, when he did that thing, when he had Uriah killed after messing with Bathsheba, God said, you have despised my commandment. Now that may sound, that may sound kind of harsh for somebody who loved God so much. But he said, you despised, you hated it so much, you didn't love me enough to keep it. Yeah, yeah, you loved me, but you still despised it. And once again, this term for me is also in 2 Chronicles 14. You know, if my people, again, if my people will call upon my name, will humble myself and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. That's what we just talked about. <clears throat> And also, another scripture for that is Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24 from the King James. Search me, O God, and know my heart, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. David's prayer. So, so no matter what, whether it's something so big and obvious like murder, or whether it's something small, you think like uh, plotting to kill somebody in your mind whether you carry it out or don't <laughs> it's still a wicked way next element is believe that's coming from St. Mark chapter 11 verse 24 and 25 in the NIV therefore now you say well therefore what the previous uh, verses will talk about having faith the size of a mustard seed. So after he talked about having faith the size of a mustard seed, he says, therefore I tell you, excuse me, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You know, she said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. So, I have to believe that I have it already. I don't just have to believe that, yeah, it's coming one day. I have to believe that I have it. Now, I'm not saying you should go around or arrogantly like, oh, oh, I have this. Put yourself in debt because you believe God will supply your need something you don't buy something and you didn't even get the blessing yet I'm not saying do that but believe that you have received it yeah this this is mine I don't know when I don't know the timing where it's coming but I know I have it because I ask God sincerely in prayer says so believe that you're gonna receive that you have received it already and then also he tags on there if you owe anything Against anyone, forgive them. Said, your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You know, said, having things and you're not forgiven. But then again, James said, you ask and you don't receive because you want consuming upon your arrogant, evil schemes. So you're not necessarily going to get it if you don't believe, if you don't forgive people. So you got to forgive people so your Father in heaven can forgive you. 
Once again, you don't want your prayers hindered. And that's one way to hinder your prayers. Don't believe and don't forgive. <clears throat> See Matthew 21 22 from the NIV. If you believe, you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. People say, oh yeah, whatever I ask for, I'm going to get. Now that's how I'm good. I'll say it again. But remember, 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 um, remember the condition that goes with it. If you believe, you receive, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. You got to ask according to His will. Bible tells that in First John. It's got to be according to His will. And if you're in His will, you're not gonna ask for anything stupid. You're not gonna ask for the head of your enemy. You're not gonna ask for things like that. You're going to ask things in accordance with something God would do in the first place. Don't just ask something willy-nilly. You've got to ask according to His will. And then you'll receive it. <laughs> so be careful how you read that verse. Next element is faith. Of course. Hebrews 11 and 6 from the NIV. And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we got persistence, humble yourself, pray, seek his face, turn from wicked ways. Uh, I'm forgetting just that quick. Persistence, uh, Humble yourself, pray, seek his grace, temper in wicked ways, believe, there you go, believe, have faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God. So if you don't have faith, your, your prayers are bouncing off the wall. If you're like, well, God ain't gonna hear me, but I'll pray anyway, he's not listening to me. That's not showing faith, so why even bother to pray? that point you gotta believe that he exists in the first place and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him Romans 3 and 31 from the LT well then if we emphasize faith does that mean we can forget about the law of course not in fact only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law so be very careful when you say Oh, when under low under Greeks, that's true. But at the same time, so that therefore means that since you're under grace, you have to live by faith. And if I live by faith, that means that I'm living according to what God wants. That's how I'm fulfilling the law. No vulnerable no prophets. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And your neighbor as yourself. That fulfills the law. But not until you're born again, act in faith, are you fulfilling the law? So you have to have faith to fulfill the law. Hello, so just don't say, I wonder, I don't have to follow the law anymore. You have to live right. Because <laughs> when you live right, you're fulfilling the law. But according to the, what Jesus has said, Love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's in the Old Testament too. 
Alright, next element is Thanksgiving. Have to have a thankful heart. We don't want anything to hinder our prayers. So Colossians 4 and verse 2 from the New King James says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and NIV says, Forgive thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In all circumstances, give thanks. So when you're feeling good, give thanks. When you're feeling bad, give thanks. When you're going through a trial and tribulation, give thanks. When things are going good in your life, give thanks. If you're sick as a dog, give thanks. Because it could always be a lot worse. Thank God for everything you have. We're so spoiled in America. It's a shame. I don't want to think about it. Alright, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 from the LT. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for it, all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So he said, don't worry about anything. Now, now that's not going to come to you like that, you know, like that. Two seconds. But he says, instead, so get your mind off of worrying. Instead, pray about everything. So even if something's bothering you, go ahead and pray. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. See, this will get your mind off of what you're thinking about. Then you will experience God's peace. By that time, you're going to say, well, what was I thinking about before? What was I worrying about before? I don't remember. He said, which exceeds anything we can understand. And even though people say, well, I can't do that. People have experienced this. For them. I believe people have experienced this. But they have prayed to God, thank God, and He got and they, he, God gave them His peace, and they was able to go on and not worry about that thing anymore. So even though people cry out, "Oh, I can't do it! I can't do it!" Um, no, I know there's people out there who have done it and have had success in it. Okay, next element: give God the glory. It's all about him anyway. Ooh, I said I was going to read, read this. Yep, St. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who gives—excuse me—then your father who sees what is done in secret, in secret, will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling opinions, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. 
This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, give us today our daily bread, and forgive our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So that kingdom come, that will be done. We give God the glory. We want His will to be done in our life. We want His will to be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Also Psalms 105 verse 3. <clears throat> Excuse me, well, Psalms 105 verse 3. Glory in His name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Glory in His name. It's all about the Lord. It's not about us. Somehow over the decades we've made this about us. Like, like one of the people on our prayer team says, there's so many me songs out there now. It's ridiculous. All these songs about me. You know, help me. Uh, Lord, so we help me. Get me out of this situation. Lord, touch me. I said, but what about giving God the glory? Thanking Him for all He's done. Saying, Lord, let Your will be done. It doesn't matter what I want. Let your will be done. No, we're so concerned about us. Lord, help us. Lord, help me, 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 me. All right, next element is you can't be double minded. This is from James chapter 1, verse 6 to 8 in the NIV. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. See, so the key thing is that that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Once again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you're double-minded, don't expect to receive what you're praying for from the Lord. So once again, we're talking about 11 elements to successful prayer. So if you don't want your prayers hindered, these things really are important. If we just slow down and take a look at these 11 names, we will see that praying is not just babbling to anything to God. Here's another one about being double-minded. <clears throat> From way back in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, Banana V. Elijah went before the people, went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. You know, the people didn't answer him a word. In other words, make up your mind. Can't stop being double-minded. Stop for us today. Stop trying to have the world on one hand and God on the other hand. He doesn't want you like that. He's not going to take you like that. You may think he's taking you like that, 
but somehow, somewhere along the line, he's knocking on your door that you have to give up the world. <clears throat> and whether that you don't listen to him, will that break me into number 11, which is obedience. <clears throat> First John chapter 3, verse 24 from the NLT. Those who, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. First John chapter 2, verse 3, the NLT. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Mm. Now I know a lot of people the one I agree with that, they want to think everything's about grace, grace, grace. I don't need to obey his commandment. But if you don't listen to the New Testament, first is first John. So this is New Testament. So uh this is how we have to live. Listen to the first one again. <clears throat> about obedience. First John three verse twenty-four. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. And then the second one was 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 from the NLC. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. See? If we obey his commandments. Say, but I'm trying. There's nothing in the Bible about trying. He says, do it. He knows that you're trying hard. He knows who's trying hard and who's faking it and who really means business and who's trying to do it and can't quite catch on. He knows all that. That's why we as people can't judge another man's servant. We have to let God do all the judging because he knows how hard we're trying and how hard we're not trying. So leave it up to him. But nevertheless, it says we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. So you should be going after being obedient. And I should. <clears throat> Not just you, me too. So in conclusion, does God wish to answer his children's prayers? Yes. Is it a good idea to babble anything before God? No. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 tells you don't, don't say anything. Just don't say anything in front of God. See, God has a standard. Show him your utmost respect and humility. Coming boldly to the throne of grace doesn't mean saying your prayer like this. Yo, God, what's up? Nor does it mean looking for the perfect $35 words either. Just talk to him normally, but remember who you're talking to. He's not a man. He's the creator of the universe. So these 11 things just show what could hinder a prayer. Now most of these things we do already without even realizing it. So don't turn this into a checklist. Okay? <clears throat> just be aware that we might have a loose thread hanging off our sweater. We don't want prayers hindered, period. Whether it's because of interception in the spiritual atmosphere or sin, or element God requires in order to have our prayers answered, like what was mentioned in James 1, 6, and 8. 
by being double-minded. And if any of those things are the culprit for while present, we might tend to get discouraged. God wants us to cast all our cares on Him because He cares for us. So don't give up, saints. The finish line is still the finish line.